Hey, what's up? It's Thomas Nicholas, uh, also known as Kevin from American Pie. And when I'm not going the growl, which I think is better known as the tongue tornado, I'm listening to the Total Reboot with Cam and Alexi. Christmas, and what present should you get? The only podcast about movies on the internet. That poem was written by Dr. Seuss from his fabulous book, Total Reboot Eggs and Ham. (laughs) (laughs) You were going so well, so well. Hi, I'm Cameron James, and I, of course, am sitting right next to, or in fact, perpendicular to, Alexi Toliopoulos, how are you, Lex? Cameron, I'm full of joy and jolly wishes. Wow, what a beautiful time of year this is. It truly is. It really brings out the silliness in people. I think this is why it's called the silly season, because okay. I'm silly right now. Yeah, you're being a bit silly. They should call it the goofy groofy season, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm goofy and groofy. Yeah, you really are. Uh, today we're following up on our glorious and now infamous episode <laughs> on the Grinch. Yeah, with the reboot, also called the Grinch. Well, the one that we saw last week was not called the Grinch. It's called How huh? the Grinch Stole Christmas. Really? It's a how-to guide on the Grinch and how he actually did steal Christmas that one time. Was it actually called How the Grinch Stole Christmas? It's actually called How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's too long. It's too long a title. Kids today, they don't want to be saying seven words. No, no, no. There's seven words they'd love to say. There's I can tell you words that. you can't say on television. <laughs> but they'd love to be able to and say And I'm going to go through them all right now. Yeah, okay. Seven words you can't say on television. Okay, number one, piss. Piss. <laughs> number two, kiss. Yeah, that's too grotty. Yeah. Number three, spermicide. <laughs> number four, wiener. Number five, the word is cool. <laughs> number six, poontang. <laughs> and number seven, punani. <laughs> <laughs> the seven words you can't say on television. But, you know, there are two words that I'd love to say on television every day if I got the opportunity. <laughs> and those two words are the Grinch. Oh, and gosh. they would be followed by some other words which would go like this. Is my favourite movie of all time. <laughs> the Grinch from 2018? The Grinch from 2018 is my favourite movie of that all time. That is nuts because on our last episode, you truly declared mm. that your solid number one favourite <laughs> film of all time yep. was How the Grinch Stole Christmas, That's directed right. by Ronald Howard. It finally got surpassed this year. <laughs> you said that you never thought a film could surpass it. I never thought a film could. I used to say, I, I used to say it was the. Um, the Citizen Kane of movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but now, finally, it has been surpassed by a very similar film called The Grinch, this time directed by Mose from the Smodcast. Yes, yeah, Scott Mosier co-directed this film with Yarrow Chaney. 
who is um, one of Dick Cheney's clones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he get clones done Hitler style? Yeah, he got full on clones done Hitler style. That's so good. That's my favorite fact about Hitler. Is that he had clones done Hitler, Hitler style? style. <laughs> 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 oh, dude, I loved this movie so much. I, I dare not even dance Review around it, it. <laughs> or talk about it at all. In fact, um, maybe instead of talking about it, we should talk about our cinema going experience. And we absolutely adore going to the cinemas, yeah. to the pictures, to the movies, to the flicks, to the flicks, all four of those things we love doing. <laughs> and it is for people like us. Cinephiles, if you yeah, will, yeah, it's a bit of a pilgrimage. It is because movie-going experiences have changed now. Mm. With streaming, streaming online, watching yeah, movies, webisodes, and, and sort of lots like of that. competition out there with webisodes. <laughs> so now it's it, it's even more a religious experience to yeah. go and pay homage to the great films as they flicker across a screen. Yeah. And I don't know how it's done. How does it do it? It's not like a TV. It's, it's like a light. They have like a light bulb and then they have mm, like um, mm. in front of it, they have like little pictures that are see-through like cellophane. They okay. put all that right. on and they're playing MP3 of what the movie sounds like. And then your uh-huh. mind does the rest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it I connects mean, a lot of the dots itself. I mean, this is all fascinating stuff. Yeah. It's interesting. It's fascinating. It's cool. And it's Punani. <laughs> <laughs> Until a day finally comes, and I, I hope it's soon, where they make picture houses, but for Netflix. Oh, my And gosh, everyone wow. gets a turn with the remote. I almost did a spit take. Yeah, like as you, there's 100 people in one cinema. Yep. And you, everyone gets a turn with the Apple TV remote. And yep. you get to scroll and, and you look at different things. And you all decide which and, one is the best you, one to you watch. you turn around and you go like, um, I'm going to put on an episode of Mad Men. And they go, oh, which season? I'm having. I'm not up to it. I'm, I'm not, not up, up to, to it. it. Yeah, well, that's what I've chosen, and everyone yeah. has to watch it until they make that. And I hope that's soon. The cinema is the closest thing we have to a, a communal experience <laughs> of cinephiles gathering yeah. together yeah. and really paying homage to the greats like Scott Mosier, who really, really fucked shit up and reinvented it all in the '90s. Yeah, with a little, well, not little guy, Kevin Smith. A big guy. He's a big guy. He's a little guy now. He's lost a lot of weight. Lost a lot of weight, but not a lot of pedigree. He's kept that. Not a lot of uh, reputation. He's stayed at the exact same level that he was when he first put out Clerks. And that is a cinema maestro. It is. So, we went to the cinema today to view this Grinch movie. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanted it to be the perfect cinema experience, which I would describe as packed cinema. Yep. Everyone's laughing it up. People are laughing. People are crying at the same time. Yeah. Some people down the front are bowing and praying yeah. and stuff like people that. People are sharing popcorn and stuff. Yeah. Some some people are handing popcorn around. Some people have the popcorn box on their lap. Yeah. And you go, okay, what's going on there? And there's some people like facing different ways and they're facing Hollywood. They're not actually mm. looking at the film, but they've yeah. got their compass to face Hollywood. And what did we get instead? Well, when I went and bought the tickets, this is a midday screening, middle of the week. We are hot on this movie 
Uh, I asked the concierge, I don't know what you call the, the server, if there's anyone else in the film. They said there's only two other people. I'm like, okay, presumably it's not a family. Maybe it's a mum and a bub sesh. I don't know. Or it could be uh, two reviewers. could be Margaret and David. could be Margs and Dave. Well, Dave was actually around ABC today, so he's got his hands full right now. Okay, right. could have been Margaret and Judith Lucy, who yeah. once upon a time yeah. was covering her for her <laughs> over at, at the movies. Hey, you know, the only time I got my hands full is when I go to the freaking urinal. Now, I don't know what you mean by that. I'll let you uh, mull on it <laughs> okay. for a bit. Okay, because someone's got a pair of massive dicks around here. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, so the server said, only two other people. Great. It's just going to be us and two other reviewers for sure. That's it. Middle of the day <laughs> session. We have a little rosé. We go yep. in there. And who should come in? Two lovebirds. A young straight couple came into the cinema. Yeah, heteronormative couple. Yeah. She has long hair, so we know that she's the girl in the group. Yeah, and this guy... The other guy sh- is wearing a beanie. <laughs> he's wearing a full-on beanie glasses combo. So we know that he's the Wally of the group. He's the Wally. He's the Waldo. If you're for our American listeners, you might not get the <laughs> reference to Wally. Um, they sit directly behind us. Yeah. And it's clear from their muttering and their body language that they are annoyed that there's other people. They're in the annoyed cinema. that there's two podcasters in the cinema yeah. directly in front of them. I did say the concierge put me anywhere not near those people. Mm. So they mm. made a decision not to obey me. Yeah. As a cinephile critic coming to the cinema. Mm hmm. And um, this young couple obviously came to the Gridge because they thought it would be a quiet session. They wanted to fuck for yeah, sure. Yeah. They were a young couple yeah, wanting yeah. to make love. And, and young couples, as they are wont to do, have they fuck and they have to fuck. <laughs> and it feels so good when they do it. This, and it's exciting for them. And they're getting something out of their system. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting spermicide and punanis (laughs) and all that stuff together. Poontangs are involved. And it's really cool. And they love it. And they wanted to do it during the Grinch because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You're turned on by the little Grinchy and all the who's in Whoville. Yeah, so they were extremely annoyed that they could not make love during this session. And dare I say... They threw their annoyance away and likely did some stuff. There was a lot of ruffles and rustling and there stuff behind us. There was something going us. on directly behind my head. And I just, <laughs> I, I had to go Happy Gilmore style into my happy place and just ignore it. Yeah. But I knew what was happening back there. It was the unmistakable noises of something going on. Yeah. And little the, careless the air, whispers and floating around. started to smell chemically, sort of as if... As, as if, if as a spermicidal lubricant had yeah. been placed in the air. <laughs> Yeah, so they definitely boned down hard during the Grinch. I had to go and take a phone call um, during this film. Yeah. And when I did return, they were sitting on top of each other. Like, full on, they were sitting on top of each other. Like straddling style? Well, no, it was more like a cuddle. But, you know, the guy also left the room for less than one minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The exact amount of time it takes to peel something off. Tie the end up and dispose of it in a receptacle. Were we the Grinches of this people's Christmas? Well, I think they were the Grinches of my friggin' uh, sex drive because they've made me never want to fuck again. Well, they've made me want to fuck constantly. Oh, that's since awesome. we saw the movie. That's so good. Could she? Could she and he been spurned on by 
memories of a disturbing green Jim Carrey <laughs> and finally going, we can finally live our dream. Fin- fuck well, during the Grinch in a cinema. It's <laughs> the era we're living in. We're living in an era where the Jim Carrey Grinch movie is a classic to people of a certain age. It plays on TV. And those people are now fuck age. They're finally at that fuck ripened age. <laughs> Where you can pluck, pluck that fuck grape off the vine yeah. and truly fuck it. <laughs> uh, but on that topic of mm. these people being of a certain age now was um, after our review of The Grinch that we just did, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, where we truly did declare that it's the most ugly movie yeah. ever made. Mm. Going online and seeing people calling that a classic in response to this new movie coming out and people saying that they don't like it as much as the original movie is bonkers to me. Like, it's crazy that anyone can like that film. And another film critic that I was talking to today during the viewing of this film, because it's just like people were fucking behind us. I had to distract myself in some (laughs) ways going on Instagram and stuff, posting about like people responding to our Grinch episode. Another film critic said that they think the Jim Carrey one is a masterpiece. Yeah, that's bonkers to me. And I thought they were mucking around. And then they said, no, it's we think that movie is gorgeous. And I could not fathom how someone sincerely could think that movie is good. And I have some fucked opinions on movies. Yeah, it's the ugliest movie of all time. Hands down. Yeah, like Salo is a better looking movie. <laughs> yeah. And that's a movie where people eat their own turds. Yeah, dude. That movie was gross. So my expectations were very low Mm -hmm. for this reboot. And, I mean, let's discuss if they were met or exceeded. I'm going to steal their Christmas. The cookie. This is our enemy. No, no, no. We must... Resist. Who is this mean fellow with his skin all green and his teeth all yellow? The Grinch, 2018, directed by Yarrow Cheney and Scott Mosier. The Grinch hatches a scheme to ruin Christmas when the residents of Whoville plan their annual holiday celebration. The Grinch is played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Maybe we should start here and compare the Grinch... From this film to the Grinch from the previous iterations. Okay. Let me just start and say that for all my criticism of how the Grinch stole Christmas last week, I reserved some praise for Jim Carrey. Mm. I thought it was a hammy, over-the-top, crazy performance, yep. but in the context of a kid's movie, it was pretty good, yep. pretty funny. I could imagine that if I was... Nine when it came out, I would have loved it. Yeah, I was nine when it came out, and I did not love it. So yeah, but you were a registered cinephile at that back age. then. You know, watching a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, you watch Salo. Watch Salo. <laughs> watch a lot of crazy movies like that. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, you know, I don't really know Benedict Cumberbatch's comedy very. I don't well. know him at all. <laughs> Never met him. <laughs> fan of his Doctor Strange. We know each other to say hello, but I don't think I'm a fan. And as a comedian, um, I've never loved his stuff. Yeah. You know, he's hilarious in Zoolander 2, a.k.a. Zoolander. Yeah. In a very problematic role. A role that could not get made today. <laughs> and it was only made yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, okay, 
straight out of the gate, I loved him as the Grinch. Yeah, you were very positive on him. I think he gave a great performance. We got to remember, like, for the most part in this day and age, voice actors are being hired by Illumination or Pixar or DreamWorks, DreamWorks. To, based on their actual voice alone, mm. on a recognizable voice. The for, quality of their voice, the quality of their persona that comes yeah, to the voice. For a lot of these movies, you see celebrities who aren't even known as voice actors being mm. cast in things because their name will generate interest. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch is a British man, yeah. but in this movie, he sounds like fucking Wallace Shawn. Yeah, he sound like, sounds like Wallace Shawn, sounds like William H. Macy, just yeah. sounds like an American Midwestern style character actor And type. he's put on this voice, he's created this character from scratch, and I think that's impressive. You don't see that in animated mm. movies anymore. And I think what this does, I think it's... It's, it's a bold decision to do that in something like this. Mm. And uh, not a bold decision, but it's a choice. It's a choice to do that. Mm. I'm just going to say that again. I'm going to cut out saying it's a bold decision. It's a choice to do something like that. Because either you would see no names, voice actors kind of being in it, who, yeah. who are the talent that would do a performance like this. They would create a character from the ground up and they would find the voice that would suit the character of the film. And that's something that voice actors will be doing forever and something that they're amazing at. But that is a tra- that is a talent that does not always translate or a skill that does not translate to traditional film actors and traditional stage mm. actors to do to create a character through voice alone. Yeah, there aren't many who do it, you know. Even I was thinking about I was trying to think of who some alternate casting choices could have been and the main one that came to mind was Bill Hader. He sounds like Bill Hader in he this film. He sounds like he's doing a Bill Hader impression in some ways, but Bill is also someone who Anytime he's in a movie or a TV show, he is adding something vocally. Mm. Fred Armisen's another example. They're very rarely using their normal speaking yeah. voice. And uh, I think th- I thought it was cool. I liked the voice. I thought Cumberbatch had really good comic timing. Mm. Um, and that's all I have to say about it. Well, I think that w- the character of the Grinch is far simpler in this movie mm. for and all the better for it. Like, yeah. I don't think yeah. I really like this movie that much, but this is a movie that I'm more comfortable to watch yeah. and more comfortable to have, you know, a young bub to come along and watch the film. Sure, it's or definitely not a horror movie. a couple fucking behind me <laughs> watching the film yeah. because it's not a horror movie and the, the, the hideous backstory of the Grinch being like a true social outcast in that original mm. Ron Howard film is absent from this Thank fuck. Thank God. He's just an orphan who grew to hate Christmas because he never got adopted and never got to celebrate it. And he was alone. And it's all about the holidays being a time where it is more apparent that you're alone. And this this film creates that in a quite nice little way. He has to come down from his uh, little home up in the mountains, up in the cave, to go grocery shopping during Christmas time because he, like ate all his food in a depressed mode, which <laughs> I think it's quite a funny, relatable little thing. Mm. And he came down and saw Christmas and realized how alone he really was. And that turns into the spite that he has for Whoville. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a better choice to make it a simpler character. And, and to be fair, it's a better choice to have him not be so fucking 
scary. Like he's mm. not a scary character. He's just a grump. It's yeah. kind of like they've um they've taken away this idea of him being a monster who lives in the hills. Yeah. And just made him be this um guy that people know around town and they're just they like they're, him. they're nice to him even though he's a prick. Yeah. But you know, and it, people are saying hi to him as he's walking through the street, like, hey, Mr. Grinch, Merry Christmas. And he's like, oh, fuck off, you it's, piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole. It's, fuck you, it, you dumb little cunt. <laughs> fuck off. I'm the fucking Grinch, bitch. And they're he's like, Freddy. He turned him into <laughs> Freddy. I'm the fucking Grinch, bitch. But they kind of like him still. They think he's kind of funny and yeah. they like that he's grumpy. <laughs> yeah, he's just a character in their town. Yeah. And it's um, it's it's nice. And I think it makes this finally a smaller fucking movie because this is a short children's story Mm. book that Mm. was turned into a short children's TV serial, TV special that was like 25 minutes long. Mm. And the last movie was over 100 minutes. Yeah. And this is probably like 85 minutes with a little Minions short at the start of it. (laughs) And it makes sense because this is... There is not... Enough to make a feature film in this story. Well, no, there's no arc for the character. The arc is he's grumpy. Mm-hmm. He tries to ruin everyone else's joy. Yeah. And then he becomes good. Yeah. That's it. There's like two steps to the story. There's, there's nothing else. That's it. He tries to steal Christmas. He kind of does. Mm. And then... He gives she, it back. He gives it back. Cindy Lou Who makes him feel happy and stuff like that. And mm. I think it's um it's nice to have just that smaller, more gentler arc for a film like this. Yeah. Because the other one is fucking whack. You've got Christine Baranski who wants to try and fuck the Grinch again because she loved mm. him when they were kids. He gets made like honorary mayor of Whoville and stuff. It's and- all yuck. It's yeah, all it's great. F- and I think that's also to do with this film understanding Whoville or making Whoville just this nice place full of really nice people. And the Ron Howard film is this kind of fucking abomination that works in like this horrible greed and greed and capitalism about Christmas. Yeah, that's right. Puts that as part of the message. Whereas this movie is just like, that is not even at all part of the message Uh -uh. because it's just like, oh, we don't feel sad that we've lost all our things. It's Christmas and we're still happy. We're still in a good place. Yeah. And the whole reason that Cindy Lou Who wants to get Santa to town is because she just wants a wish for her mother to be happier. Yeah. And then her mother already is happy. By the way, did you think that at the end the Grinch was going to hook up with her mum? I thought he would have been Papa Grinch. I thought that was going to happen. I thought at the end that they would have gotten together. It would have been like a little meet cute mm. at the end. And it sort of was, but not not didn't really hit it over the head. Yeah, they didn't really hit it over the head with Christine Baranski's breasts <laughs> like in the last film. Um, uh, one final probably positive thing mm. is that four seconds into this movie, I immediately was filled with a sense of calm mm, yeah. because the movie just makes sense... As an, this story just makes sense as an animated movie. It really does. Like the to try and recreate the style of Dr. Seuss with real sets and real people, it was proven to just be a hideous, ugly, mm. unwatchable, uncanny valley. Twice. Twice. This time around, to to use animation and to embrace the kind of wacky, like Tex Avery, Looney Tunes mm. style of it, to incorporate those kind of Dr. Seuss characters 
with modern, fast, incredible animation just mm. makes so much sense. It's so watchable. It's a beautiful looking animation. Mm. It looks incredible. And I didn't have to look at any fuck ugly prosthetics, thank God. <laughs> it was just You didn't have to be disturbed at any moment during this film. No. And I do think, um, say what you will about Illumination Studios, but they do cute animals very well. Yeah. That's, they make they make nice looking movies. They are good looking movies. Um which is strange because they're quite cheap. They're a cheap studio. They're cheap. But they, we're saying it looks nice. There's nothing in this movie that I would say is visually interesting, visually creative, mm-hmm. visually wondrous the way other... No, the way Pixar or Disney do. But yeah, or anyone, even DreamWorks mm-hmm. can do, really. But I think this is the most generic looking children's CGI animation that we have now, which is a huge fucking step up from what it was when mm. we were kids where oh, yeah. it was Shrek, yeah. which is like a visually the most boring looking flat yeah. movies that ever existed. At least this movie has colors that pop and has a sense of style. And in that, you know, in saying that, the sense of style is ripped from the pages of Dr. Seuss. And that's yeah. a good framework to go off. With a little bit of, like, Despicable Me-style yeah, illumination It's in. kind of like, there are clear moments in this where it's kind of like, it wouldn't exist without The Nightmare Before Christmas mm. and stuff like that, you know. Um, the lankiness of the characters. Yeah, and, and the kind of, like, weird curvature of things. Yeah. and. It's look. It. I think it looks good. I never got bored. My eyes were never bored because mm. there was always something interesting happening. But my brain got bored probably forty-five minutes in. I took a movie. snooze for sure during this mm. movie. But I think these are the Illumination Entertainment does not make movies for adults at no, all. No, these are not for us. There's no jokes in here for no. adults the way Pixar has it. There's no subtext the way that those films have. There's not even really filmmaking the way that. The other mm. studios do. It is just a story for children with like kind of funny looking characters. And the thing that I found really missing in this is stuff that we love it, like the Tex Avery type cartoons and a lot of, you know, and children's entertainment and uh, animated films is that kind of vaudevillian slapsticky clever silent era filmmaking mm. uh, stuff like Charlie Chaplin or Harold Lloyd where it is beautiful set pieces that that just honor that kind of lineage of mm. where animation comedy did come from yeah I think the minions short at the start had a little bit of that creative energy mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, it's called also it's called orange is the new yellow or something like that or yellow yellow is, is it, the new black something like that it's and like it's- it's a prison break. It's story. a prison break chain gang story. It's pretty fun. It was fun, but that also that that showed to me that the Minions are their franchise. The Spiggle Me is yeah. their franchise. They have a lot of care for it. A lot of work goes into it. And seeing that, and like it was actually quite a good looking short, I would yeah. say as well. Mm-hmm. And the Minions, honestly, I've haven't said this for years. The million the Minions are fucking funny. You the love mi- the minions. I think minions rock. They're fucking funny. You were cackling during it. I well, I was having a blast because I haven't seen a minions for <laughs> since minions came out, and then I saw minions in Despicable Me afterwards, and then I saw Despicable Me two, but I never saw Despicable Me three. But the minions have lived on. They've become their own thing, and I think they're so funny and they're so cute and just like their little. I think they're great. I think that I honestly <laughs> loved them. And I wish Minions were in this movie if it was Grinch, 
versus minions and the Whoville is just by Verse. minions because they're all they're, they're funny the way they talk is the funniest shit I've ever heard and you don't even need to write a dialogue for them you just make someone say like a few little French words and a few Spanish a couple of Yiddish here and there just choose all the funniest languages from around the world and that's minionese and then they just the minions aren't like they're I think if minions would have embra- would have made this movie funnier and more delightful and a little bit more visually interesting because the minions Get slapstick as well. They get it. They get how to do slapstick minions. <laughs> they get I think it. <laughs> they do get it. They don't exist. The animators get it. Yeah, but through them, the minions are alive. Oh my god! They look like little little dicks. <laughs> I love them. The closest the this movie came to that kind of energy was the actual stealing Christmas sequence, mm. which. I loved. I there was, it was great. good stuff in that great, sequence. Great, cool yeah. gadgets, great visuals of him like walking on stilts that are three stories high and mm. stuff, using all these cool technology Little to gadgets and suck up presents and fucking shit like that. I love that sequence. I dare say that if they just released a Christmas short film that oh. was as long as the original Grinch yeah. movie, 26 minutes... And that was a key part of it. Yeah, it'd be like, it'd be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, it best Grinch would've. movie. Best Grinch. <laughs> Finally, the best Grinch movie <laughs> award goes to the Grinch. <laughs> Scott Moser, come up and accept this little minion-sized Oscar for yourself. But I think I think you're uh, right. It would be just, iconic. There's mm. not enough shit in this story to make a fucking no. feature film. It's impossible. The only way you can do this, but you know, stretch it out to a real story to really pull at it and stretch it out <laughs> is to do the Spike Jones thing with um what he did with freaking um where the wild things are and turn it into a movie for adults and that's fucking what Ron Howard almost did yeah but oh but no way he was still making a movie for children yeah or at least it was designed as a movie for children. Spike Jones's one is like not for kids, not for kids in any way, and I don't really want to watch a Grinch movie. For it's adults. like about James Gandolfini getting divorced or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Sopranos follow up. Yeah, but uh, then what could you do? I think you could make a horror film out of the Grinch, definitely, and really mm. like just hone in on that three minute sequence in or two minute sequence in. How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Ron Howard, where it's the teens trying to like look at yeah. weird old Mr. Grinch and make a full-on slasher film where the Grinch comes down. And, but why and would you fucking kills people? <laughs> and like Freddy, like your beautiful impression yeah, of yeah. the Grinch is Freddy. I'm the fucking Grinch, baby. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna cut your little dicks off and hang them from a tree. I'm gonna turn your dicks into little minions <laughs> and then fucking rain over the world with them. Me and my ring and minion dicks are gonna run all around Whoville and fucking show you what's what. <laughs> and I think, why would you make that fucking movie? No one wants to see that movie. Why would you make that movie? I don't. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to see it. I'm, I'm not like, gonna make it. Okay, Relax. don't do it. I don't want to see it, and it almost appeals to me, and I'm the one that doesn't want to see it. Yeah, it stinks. Um, I I do think, even though I quite enjoyed this movie, it was way too long. And that's because it was really short. And it was like 85 <laughs> minutes long with the minion yeah, short. But it was making it 90. Honestly, yeah. If like we said this as we left the cinema, if it was 60 minutes, including the minions short, perfect. It would have been a nice little treat. I would have 
been recommending it really hard right And now. there wouldn't be any bits where you would be bored. No. And Pharrell probably doesn't need to do the narration for it, which to is To be odd. fair, I, I didn't mind to it. To be Pharrell to Pharrell. To be Pharrell, I thought it was okay. Yeah. I think it's a weird... It's um, a, What is the choice? choice? What is the choice? Well, he did the song for Despicable Me 3. Yeah, if it was him singing Happy for 90 minutes, I'd be into it. the fact that it and is And I'm happy a, and uh, the Grinch is almost happy. He's getting there as the movie. Movie closes. I guess that it's the fact that it's a poem. <laughs> yeah. Well, they wanted to tap into the the musical rhythmic nature of it, which yep. you know, to, when it was starting, I actually thought this is kind of cool because it's it's like this voice doing kind of almost mm. not rapping it, but like speaking it with that kind of cadence. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. But then as the movie continued and I realized it was for a Williams, I was annoyed they didn't just get a real actor to do it. Yeah, exactly. Who maybe could have imbued more feeling into it. Yeah, the get fucking Ed Asner or some <laughs> old cunt to like do it, get you know? Get fucking Sterling K. Brown to do it. Oh, he would have been wonderful as the Grinch's narrator. Yeah. Or there's, I mean, there's so many people. God, Ali G or something. Yeah, Ali G would have been cool. It would have been really cool. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the voice cast then um mm. keenan thompson, thompson steals the show so funny especially because keenan is someone that you really associate with as a reaction shot on snl <laughs> as like the that's what he's known for mm. that's what he's written for is to be that beautiful reaction shot to get you a gut busting <laughs> and he is so funny in this little yeah. film he's not given very much to do He's all just given to be jolly and joyful and wide-eyed. You can, I can see Keenan's eyes being wide-eyed as he's doing this, these voices. Yeah, he's- so funny. Really good performance. Really good voice performance. And Rashida Jones as uh, Cindy Lou's mum, who I thought really good choice in casting because mm. the, the Who's come so close to being gratingly perfect. Yeah. To the point where you almost want to see the Grinch fuck them up because yep. they're so beautiful and flawless and nice. Nice. But to have Rashida Jones play Cindy Lou's mum is this kind of like on semi-frustrated single mother mm. who's like struggling to get her kids to do the right thing yep. and trying to make Christmas good. She's still positive, but you can hear in her voice that she's fucking tired and Rashida Jones is just the voice of a real person yeah it was really interesting choice I really Mm. liked it yeah that was something I didn't quite I didn't uh, you brought me there I get Mm. it I know exactly what we're talking about I think it just works yeah it just worked it was like um, you know like if it was potentially made a few years ago it it might have even been Amy Poehler in that role oh yeah but to make um, to go for Ann Perkins (laughs) from Parks and Rec is a really good choice because it just humanized the Who's yeah. for me. It made them not cartoon characters, it made them real people. Yeah. Which was fucking weird because they look crazy. They look crazy, but the way that they look as these kind of like peach fuzzy, furry, slightly furred characters. Yeah, yeah. With their little button noses. They look like it, chipmunks. They look like little chipmunks and it works Who so are- much better than... The, oh yeah, the last one because obviously they look horribly disturbing in the how the Grinch stole Christmas, but anatomically they make a little bit more sense against the Grinch as well. Mm. That's because in the Grinch, it's, you're seeing how the Grinch stole Christmas. You're seeing these two really drastically different looking things yeah. that are really hardly and creepily drawn or created and molded yeah. through prosthetics. It's like how could Jim Carrey? 
be related to these fucking people? Mm. Like, how could he be one of the same thing yeah. that Molly Shannon and Christine Baranski are? In and this they, one, they look the same except the Grinch is green. The Grinch is green. And there's a few, like, who's that are not... Then No one looks boldly no. coloured like him. No. But it does... It, you but can there's go darker like, ones. There's yeah. lighter ones. There's fat, skinny, short. There's one with a red afro. Mm. Like, the who's all look different. You can see what that they're the same race. And I know a lot about genealogy. <laughs> I'm really getting into eugenics at the moment. <laughs> and the perfect race, I think, are the Who's. <laughs> yeah, they're perfect. They're happy. They're, they're supermensch. Exactly. That's why we need to keep the freaking... Yeah, it's supermensch. Directed by Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> they're the freaking supermensch. Okay? <laughs> they're that guy that invented celebrity chefs that was Mike Myers' best friend at one point in time. And they let him sleep on his couch while Mike was getting yeah. divorced. This is a deep cut for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> if you do know what we're talking about, welcome to the in-joke. <laughs> if you don't, welcome to the out-joke, bitch. <laughs> Look it up. But it's weird to have even had that thought because I never even once thought in my head that the Grinch was a who. Yeah, well, and he is. And it makes sense. He has to be a who. He's a fucking who, dude. Oh, it's like this movie gave me a revelation. <laughs> Was that the Grinch has been a who this whole freaking time? He's a who. He's just green. Oh gosh. Maybe back in the day there used to be heaps of green who's, and they killed them all. They and that's why he's alone. And that's why this movie is awesome. <laughs> I think this movie is fine. Honestly, it's the same kind of boring shit that all the like Illumination Entertainment movies that aren't Minion based are, mm, mm. like um, Sing or. Whatever the, the other Lorax. One is. Lorax. This is probably better than Lorax, which I haven't seen, but I'm guessing it's better than <laughs> Lorax because the Lorax just looks so, so much. It looks too much. Mm. And then it's better than how Secret Life of Pets. It is better than Secret Life of Pets. Uh, the dog looks like it belongs in Secret Life yeah, of Pets. Yeah, for sure. One thing that I will, I'm really, I came to terms with during this movie is that it's clear to me that the brains behind Illumination are fans of Dr. Seuss and have been for a long time. Mm. The Lorax was the second movie that they ever produced as a studio. Mm. Um, It's clear to me that Gru from Despicable Me wouldn't exist without the Grinch Mm. as a character. Um, The fact that the main dog in Secret Life of Pets is even called Max. like They clearly have a love for this property and I think they did a really good job in bringing it to life. And I want to take a moment to applaud each and every member of Illumination Studios. Well, let's give a clap to Kevin Stewart and Bob, the guys <laughs> from Illumination yep. Entertainment. In the words of your people. <laughs> so, do with that what you will. Well, Cameron... It's been a year. This is our final episode of the year, I would believe. Yeah, yeah. It's final. We're both about to go on vacation. I'm going to Hawaii. And I'm going European vacation. (laughs) 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 Uh, But uh, thank you to all the people who have joined us for our first year on Total Reboot. Mm -hmm. Next year is another year chock full of Fucking reboots and remakes <laughs> as well. It's never going to end. It's never going to so, end. There are some that are interesting that I'm looking forward to pairing stuff with mm-hmm. and at least looking forward to talking through the originals and maybe talking through whole franchises. Yeah. So, one that we kept getting asked to do this year was A Star Is Born. We yep. haven't touched that yet. 
we will in the new year. Yeah, we will because it's so many. We just didn't really know where we would fit in this year because there were a few other ones that we like. It came out the right, same around the same time as the new Halloween movie, and mm. we just knew that we wanted to go through that franchise finally. We had to go back to Haddonville. We had to go back to Mike Kel Myers for that one, <laughs> and we just. We, I think A Star is Born will be really interesting and I think it's not going to disappear anytime soon. No. So, I think we're going to be doing that very early on next year leading up to the Oscars. Yeah. It's definitely going to be nominated for Best Picture. It's it's an unstoppable little beast, that film. Mm. Uh, so, we'll probably be doing three or four episodes, I guess, because <laughs> it's, it's been remade so many times. Another one I'm really looking forward to next year is The Lion King and I have oh. no idea... How I'm going to feel about it. No idea. I think the Lion King, John Favreau CGI animated remake mm-hmm. might be one of the highest grossing movies of all time. And I know that it definitely will make into that top 10. Yeah. But I I don't know how high it will be. How high? A great movie starring Red Man and Method Man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I reckon you're right. It could be. It could end up being one of the one of those movies that will just always be on lists as made the most money ever. Because up there with Avatar. It, I honestly think it could be up there with Avatar because up there with Titanic. It's the kind of movie that will get people to go into the cinema because mm. people have such a reverence for that film. We have such a reverence yeah, for it. I love it. And now people that are our age, maybe a bit older, that grew up with that movie being their first film that they saw in the cinema. They've got bubs. They've got their own little minions to take to this film that will they'd want to be taking them. They'll be rushing to take them. Yeah. And I think that it could fucking really become It could huge. blow up. And if it is at least a little bit good. Yeah. I mean, I, how bad can it be? It's a great... Cast is great. I love Favreau. Script is great. It's got Scar, the gayest character of all time. Yeah, but he probably won't be gay anymore. That's going to be interesting. It's, what it's if they in- double down and make him way gayer? <laughs> <laughs> That's what is so odd to me is that they got James Earl Jones back to play yeah, Mufasa. insane. But I guess who else? There's no one that comes to mind like, oh, that's Mufasa. Do you know who I thought of, but then I realised they've already done this exact thing, mm. is um, Idris Elba. Yeah. But then I realised he played Sher Khan in the Jungle Book. And uh, I think that's why favorite. he's not Scar either. Yeah, it's too obvious a choice. Um, anyway, I'm excited for that one. Mm. And one that I think is coming out next year is the new Joker movie. Oh, my God. We're going to get to do the Joker so movie. So, we get to do the Joker, which means we'll have to do an entire series on Batman. We'll have oh, to step through yeah, step every through era of Batman, including Suicide Squad yeah. and this Joker movie, which stars Mark Maron from WT Frick. Uh, finally, we're talking about a movie that has a rival podcaster involved. We closed the year out doing that with Scott Mosier from the Smodcast <laughs> film The Green. <laughs> and then we're going to have at some point next year a movie with Mark Marin in it. But I really look forward to doing that. I think that's one of the things that you and I, when we started doing this podcast, mm. really got excited about doing was like Batman. a Batman. Because you Batman. start with the 60s. You go through Tim Burton. I love the 60s. They're swinging. <laughs> <laughs> then you get to the swinging 89s yeah. with Batman 89. And then the swinging 90s. With Joel Schumacher. And then you got the swinging noughties. Yeah, with the the Batman Begins type mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah. With Chrissy Nolan yeah. really rolling in it, you know? Chrissy Nolan rolling it. <laughs> and you got the swinging Legos. It's Legos. You've got the freaking Zack Snyderverse. Yeah. And now you got... Martin Scorsese and Todd Phillips 
the Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix. And any actor could be in that movie. <laughs> like, the little press releases you... that come through, the emails, yeah. just announced Cloris Leachman. <laughs> if I told you Bobby Cannavale was in this movie, you would believe me. I'd be shocked if Bobby Cannavale is not in this movie. <laughs> now I... that you say it, if Bobby Cannavale, yeah. I, if I looked at that, Bobby Cannavale is in this movie. If I said Bobby Cannavale and Rose Byrne are both in this <laughs> yeah. movie, you'd be like, yeah. Yeah, of course, they're in it. They're dating and they're, they, you see them actually fucking this movie finally <laughs> but it's cool um we're looking forward to the joker it's starring joaquin phoenix mark maron brad garrett and doris roberts <laughs> and ray ray romano as ray barone yeah he plays a sports journalist on the beat but it's cool it's cool wallace sean's playing jim gordon <laughs> as any actor could be yeah. in that movie you i'm really excited um david duchovny's in it as well which is really good <laughs> yeah he's playing um he's playing scarecrow yeah that's gonna be really characters. cool stuff really interesting yeah really fascinating sort of stuff and there. it's cool to see wilford brimley make a comeback finally <laughs> yeah i'm just, i'm excited he's playing the riddler that's so cool and they've got him in a skin tight wetsuit <laughs> to play the riddler <laughs> So next year is going to be a lot of fun. So because it's our last episode of the year, we're going to come back pretty soon in January. And when we do come back, we'll probably come back with our favorite thing to do, which is movie podcasting. But we're going to do like a wrap up of 2018 in film. Mm. We've always done this thing on the blank slate where we did like the blank slate awards. We give out like a best picture, a best movie, best film, best Malcolm, which is in the middle of those two things. <laughs> and then lots of little categories of highlighting what this year was in film and the things that we liked. We're going to put that off a little bit so we've got more time to just watch everything. We've had a fucking busy year and a lot of things slipped through the cracks for both of us this year. We have had a busy one. We've been making Finding Drago and thank you to those of you who have been listening and tweeting and Instagram about it Mm -hmm. please if you haven't got there yet subscribe and listen it's a fun little pod that we made with the help of the taxpayers dollars (laughs) yeah it is a six episode mini series that is a mystery investigation into the weird little book that we discovered drago on mountains we stand that humanizes ivan drago the villain from rocky four and the hero of creed 2 Very exciting stuff. Um, I'm also going to be doing all the comedy festivals next year. Tickets are on sale now for Adelaide, Brisbane and Sydney. There's very few shows. So if you want to book, I recommend booking now at century.com.au. Melbourne will be on sale very soon as well. So get your tickets because they will sell pretty quick. And once again, thank you to everybody. Happy holidays to you all and to all a good new year. Full of film, full of cinemas, and full of freaking teens getting frisky in them. Yeah, and if you're a teen listening, take your date to the Grinch and get a load or two off. And go in the middle of the day. It's likely it'll just be a couple of fucking podcasters there <laughs> yeah. with a day off yeah. anyway. Could be Marin and Moe's. Oh, God. Now that is something worth coming to. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.